0: Welcome back in, Brady Farkas show here on this Wednesday, WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball coming up a little while from now, 620 tonight with the pregame show, Sox taking on the Braves. Good, we need every bit of this 50 minutes to continue to unravel what happened to the unraveling Celtics. Joining us now is Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Freddie, as the great movie Jerry Maguire once said, jump into my nightmare, the water is warm. What do you think happened last night to the Seas?
1: Uh, I don't know if there's any explanation other than the fact that, Brady, you and I have talked about this. This has been a goofy basketball team ever since they had the best record in early January, and it's just mind-boggling and maddening that you could come out there and be that flat after the first quarter in a pivotal game five where you have home court advantage if it goes 7-2 out of the next three games. And then you go out there, and they played soft. Let's call it as it is. They backed down. They allowed the 76 to be more aggressive. They didn't match their aggression, and it seemed like at times they didn't care to match their aggression, hoping that their three-pointers or shooting themselves into the game and then shooting themselves in the lead. They took the least path responsible, and they got what they deserved, losing a game that was not even as close. At the twelve-point final score,
0: yeah, there was an ugly performance last night by the Seas, and now they're in an ugly situation, down three to two. Got to go back to Philly. Let's talk about what Philly has done. Yes, the Celtics have given some of this to them, but they also have taken some of it. What have you thought of the performance from Embiid in particular?
1: Well, one thing that we've always talked about, Brady, you and I, when it comes to twenty-first century basketball and pace and space, but more than ever before, when you need a bucket, you need somebody that can go into the post and do that. And any team that's championship aspirations. They have that guy. Denver has that guy, Nikola Jokic. The Lakers are two of those guys, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And Philadelphia has that guy, Joel Embiid. And I wonder, not saying – I don't think we're going to see a paradigm shift back to the return of the big men. But more than ever before, you've got to find somebody that in space space basketball that when you need a bucket, it doesn't have to come from 25 feet and out or pull-ups or getting the floaters. It's nice to throw the ball inside to a guy. And let's be honest, Brady. The Boston Celtics were willing passies because you would think at a certain point they would give Al Horford some help and run a double team with Joel and Embiid when he was white hot and cooking, especially in the third quarter, and they didn't do that. I wonder how much that we can start to see a little bit in NBA basketball where we need shooters, but we need somebody inside to really give that kind of space to the shooters, to get those better shots from the outside, and that's what happened last night.
0: You know, we spent all of the postmortem on game four talking about whether or not Joe Missoula should have called a timeout. Yesterday, after the game, Jalen Brown comes out and says, I think we need to be more organized. Is that a shot at Joe Missoula for not having the team organized, or is that a shot at his teammates for not being organized?
1: I think it's all the above, to be honest with you, because they did look disorganized, whether it was play calling by Joe Missoula, just trying to get into their sets offensively, and plenty of times when a play broke down they went too much one-on-one which shows how much the defense of philadelphia was really on that level when it came to game five last night but i thought at times they took some bad shots one-on-three taking the three in transition or trying to pull up going at the defense you can do that once in a while if you think that you got the defense on the heels but philadelphia got to the point brady where they were walling off anything trying to get to the inside and trying to get an easier shot at the basket so jalen brown just because he said it doesn't mean that he was wrong. Because he was holding everybody accountable, not just Coach Joe Missoula and not just the players of the Boston Celtics.
0: You know, Freddie, your show starts at nine. You're prepping for your show before nine. This this game is, you know, at halftime. Come nine o'clock. I'm curious, how do you stay so focused on your show while also being able to recount with such vivid detail <laughs> what you've just recounted to us? How do you how do you able to do it with one eye on the microphone and one eye on the television? I assume.
1: It goes back to my days when I used to do the NFL on ESP and ESPN radio every Sunday and believe me, Brady, we had eight games at one time or another that were going on. So you always had to have your eyes where you're paying attention to your co host, but keeping an eye on anything and if something really jumped out, you really honed in on it And plenty of times I was able to do that, and I learned that great lesson from Eric Casilius and John Seibel because they did the show before I did, before I took it over for a two- or three-year period. So that's when I'm able to do that, where I was able to watch eight games at once, and when I did college football final, Mel Kiper Jr., watching five to six college games at once. So having a chance to do that, it's a lot easier for me to focus on one or two games (laughs) that are going on instead of eight or nine. I did every Saturday and Sunday for about three to
0: four years. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, Freddie and Simmons. It's on weeknights at 9 p.m., Um, You know, Freddie, Mike Greenberg said this last week, and I think that it probably got a fairly strong reaction. Ah, it's overreacting. I don't think he was overreacting. He said, I think the Celtics are potentially playing for their future in, in, in these playoffs. If the Celtics don't win this series, do you think that this has danger of being blown up either by the organization or by... Jalen Brown, I would guess he'd be the guy going to the organization and saying, I want out. Is that, a, is that a risk?
1: It is a risk. There's no doubt about it because to bring some memory to our memory, they were in a similar situation last year, down three games to two, two Milwaukee, win one, game six on the road. And won game seven at home and that allowed them to advance to the NBA Finals. Now, that's a dangerous path to take. Thinking You can do that two years in a row, but at least they have that kind of history on their side. But no matter what happens, there's got to be a better understanding of what this organization has to be about because let's say they get to the NBA Finals. Let's say they find a way to come back and win win this series and then win the NBA Eastern Conference Finals and then win the NBA Finals. That doesn't mean that you can gloss over what seems to be a kind of disconnect, whether it's Tatum and Brown, whether it's the organization and Brown, whether it's whatever that is they got to find a way to get back on the same page because as much as email Odoka went off the rails with what he did off the basketball court you never worry about the celtics not being in lockstep on the basketball court and maybe that is something that joe Mazzulla has had to learn this year maybe it'll be better for it we'll wait and see but they got to find a way to make sure that everybody on the organization is locked in more than we've seen because they have way too much talent and mental capacity in terms of basketball intelligence to be the kind of goofy celtics that we've seen since january
0: what do you think of Tatum all in all and just his, I mean, I hate to do this because I love Tatum. and I think he's a great player and I know he's a max contract player, but he doesn't seem to have the killer instinct like a Jimmy Butler. And I, it, maybe it's just his demeanor and I don't need him to be in guys' faces, but it does seem like he kind of lacks that oomph. Is that fair or is that just being overly reactive?
1: No, it's not being overreactive, and here's why I believe you feel this way, because I felt this way for more than a minute as well about Jason Tatum. Sometimes he tries to do too much, and he knows he has the ability that he can get any shot he wants, where he can hit the three, he can get in lane to pull up, he can advance to the rim. But normally superstars know, okay, no matter what, this is what I'm going to do in this situation and not make it up as I go along. You mentioned Jimmy Butler, of Miami. If Jimmy Beller senses he has an advantage, he goes to that advantage until you take it away from him. Anthony Davis, when he gets in the low block, if you don't take that away, then he's just going to wear you behind out. Nikola Jokic being the scientist of the NBA, where any move he has, but there's always a method to his madness to get the kind of shot that he wants for himself or somebody else. Any superstar in the history of the NBA, they always known that whatever situation happens, this is what they're going to do. Or this is what their counter is going to do. They don't try to do too much. I think at times Jason Taylor, knowing that he has the ability with the length, the ability to make shots over people and make those kind of shots and make those tough shots, I think at times he does too much, and then he puts himself in situations where he's not making himself available to get the best possible shot or do that for his team. When he plays under control, he can do that. When he tries to do too much, he puts himself in a world of hurt and a world of negativity, and that's why I think he lacked a killer instinct because he's trying to do too much.
0: You know, I think it's interesting, too. You said it at the beginning of the interview about the Celtics trying to shoot their way into the game, and I think... I think maybe Tatum falls victim to like he knows how good he is that he never gets worried and rattled, and by the time you realize it, you get too late. Like, look, when I play the men's league hoop circuit, we're down twelve nothing. I'm like, oh, no big deal. I'll just hit a couple threes, and we're right back into it. And then sometimes it works, and sometimes you get boat race by thirty. I kind of feel like Tatum right. just thinks like oh, you know, no big deal. We're down. I'll find a way to get you know get us back into it. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Is that fair?
1: it is fair because you know why there are times where guys can have a rational confidence and that works for Steph Curry because he's shown that he can have a rational confidence, but he has that ability to make shots. And we've seen him be even more of a playmaker at times this postseason. I mean, he had a triple double in the last game for it. They lost, but it wasn't his fault because he did everything possible. I think at times Jason Tatum should realize that if he has a matchup advantage, that you go at that person. I wouldn't mind seeing Boston put him in the post a little bit more, because Martin more than not, he's going to go up against somebody that is not the same height as he is. So if he gets a switch on a Tyrese Maxey or James Harden, why not have him go on the low block because he can get that shot and shoot it over people? I think at times, because Boston is so wanting to get into a, an early shot, an early rhythm to try to get an open shot, I think at times when that bogs down, they don't go to a guy that has accountability kind of ability, where you can put him a Jalen Brown on a low block they have a mismatch against somebody else and then you can able to make that work because those guys are shown they can be willing passers and find guys getting better open shots of guys cutting from the slots and getting into the length of easy finishes
0: are we going seven or is this thing over in six and the Celtics wilt away
1: see as goofy as they are Brady I could see this team winning game six so I <laughs> think we are going to go seven I could see this kind of team as bad as they look in game five and let's be honest now all the pressure on Philadelphia because you don't close this out in game six in your home court. Now you got to go back and play a game seven, even though you won two games in the series on the road. That's the last thing you need. So I think all the pressure on Philadelphia because they have to close out in game six because I don't think Philadelphia is going to win three road games Uh, in this series so I think the Boston Celtics find a way to get it to game six and then who knows what's going to happen with this goofy team in game (laughs) seven in Boston over the weekend.
0: Freddie I get you out of here on this one uh, just kind of off the path NFL schedule comes out tomorrow Uh, we know at this point the Patriots have had one game released they're going to go to Germany they're going to take on the Indianapolis Colts there are the Germans going to forgive us for sending them to Patriots and Colts that we couldn't (laughs) get a more (laughs) appealing matchup than the Colts?
1: The thing about it is, there may be more Americans over there than Germans ever <laughs> since the U.S. Army and the U.S. Navy and the Marines yeah, have been true. over there and all that kind of thing. But it shows you exactly the global reach that keeps getting accelerated and accelerated each and every year when it comes to the National Football League. Because as many people thought, it's cool that Americans are living overseas, now American football comes to them. The American football imprint has been extremely, extremely large, courtesy of the NFL, where anytime they show in a game, whether from Germany or from England, you see so many fans with different uniforms of the teams they like seeing an NFL team in their stadium so whatever forgiveness may or may not be there <laughs> the NFL continues to print money and everybody <laughs> knows it. and it's not just a domestic thing it's now international thing with the NFL more than ever before
0: 9 nine thirty in the morning for Patriots and Colts I never thought I'd see the day there so Freddie thank you very much <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk next week
1: my pleasure, Brady. Hanging in there, my brother. You never know the Celtics could maybe surprise you and get through a Game 7 and win that when we think that was possible.
0: Let's certainly hope so. And by the way, I'll tell you real quickly since we like to have fun with it. Last week I had to drive to Cleveland and back twice in three days, which was very tough. And I got out of the uh-huh. car and I came back to the men's league hoop game. I, I, I mean, I'm sure I've played worse in my life, but I had to have gone like five for 25. Like I tried to shoot myself into the game. You could not uh-huh. have shot worse than I did. And I probably single-handedly lost us the game last week. <laughs>
1: I don't think you single-handedly lost it, but, but sometimes you got to have a John Starks moment. The question is, will you learn from more than John Starks did with the New York Knicks?
0: I'm going to have to get the ball down low. we got a big guy. He's going to yes. have to touch it more than he did. That's for sure. So, no Freddie, doubt. thank you.
1: My pleasure, brother. I'll talk to you next week.